Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are fixing the Atlanta Falcons. Bit of a different fixture franchise here. We got to talk about the owners, the general managers, the history of this team before we really get into who the next head coach is going to be, what the vision of this team is going to be. We'll talk about their quarterback situation, how they haven't fixed it in the past, how they'll fix it in the future. We'll talk about free agencies and, of course, give you guys a three-round Falcons mock draft to wrap it all up. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That is Connor Rogers joining you on a Tuesday. Look at that. Appreciate you guys being a little patient with us. We had the super wild card weekend, so we were enjoying a lot of the games. Go Bucks, by the way. Uh, and so we are a day late, but we're coming to you with another Fixture Franchise episode. It is, by popular demand, the Atlanta Falcons. And the Atlanta Falcons got very, very interesting when they immediately fired Arthur Smith after the season was over. But this is a team that... A lot of nice young pieces. That's why you move on from Arthur Smith, because he was not keeping up his end of the bargain with some talented players on this roster. But an older defense, what do they do now? What do you do at quarterback? What do you do on the defense? What do you do in free agency? And then, of course, we finish every Fixture Franchise episode with a mock draft as well. So a lot of questions to answer as we fix the Atlanta Falcons here on this episode. Connor, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. It's so funny to me. I was thinking about this while watching the Bucks throttle the Eagles. Ugh. How it feels like not that long ago, you and I fired up the draft order, and we were like, oh, the Jets and Bucks back-to-back. How about that? <laughs> and it was like back-to-back at like 9 and 10. <laughs> yeah, it was it, right, right around there. And then how quickly the tides turn, uh, especially in the NFC South. My goodness. They, but shout-out to a lot of redemption stories of the Bucks. Todd Bowles felt like he was kind of coaching maybe for his spot this year. hundred percent. I, yes. I mean, that's putting it lightly. Yes. Baker Mayfield playing for his career. Mm-hmm. Now we get the former number one overall pick bowl with him and Jared Goff, not playing for the teams that drafted them, which is one of my favorite storylines of the entire football season. And then of course today, the Atlanta Falcons who I, I are, are a very unique fix your franchise because I don't think this is a bad roster. It's when we do fix your franchise and I've seen it's awesome. Everybody's just hounding us in the mentions. I've seen fix the Giants, fix the Jets, fix the Cowboys. So, so fix people, the Cowboys. Some people ask us to fix the Eagles. The Eagles. Yeah. The Eagles won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. They were 10 and 1 at one point this year. We are going to do our best to to accommodate And all then we needs. send a packet, baby. Sorry, all right, needs. Sorry. But right now, we do need to get to franchises like this that are picking in the top 10. And it's nice because it's not all the same. We're not going through uh, they, they need a new front office. We're not going through they need a new roster. We're not going through, hey, they're picking in the top two. Here's the two quarterbacks they're going to take. They got to get creative with that. So I, I'm really looking forward to this one. And of course, all of the noise behind that. Hey, Bill Belichick's in play for this team as well. Right, right. That's a little teaser, obviously, getting into it. it. It's it's less of it's less of roster building, I think, with the Falcons and more of just we're setting the direction of the compass, right? Where is the North Star? How do we get back on track with this team? And I think that's a good segue into how I want to start this. Their owner is Arthur Blank. And Arthur Blank, one of the richest owners in the NFL. He is somebody who has owned the franchise for over 20 years, bought the Falcons in 2002. This will be his sixth head coach that he will be hiring. So he has gone through this process many times before. But, you know, when you really look at life in the NFL, 22 years of being an owner and just hiring your sixth head coach, you've done pretty well. I think that you've done pretty well for yourself. And I think the Falcons franchise over the last 20 plus years uh, has, has kind of showcased that. Obviously, they make the Super Bowl with Dan Quinn. They come up just short, uh, but the process that they were able to put in place got them to that point. And so, you know, some some information again on Arthur Blank. I mentioned that he's owned the team for more than 20 years. He is involved in this franchise. He's going to be involved in the coaching search. He's involved with what Terry Fontenot, the general manager, uh, is, is doing. Um, Rich McKay, who is the CEO of the Falcons, those two. Uh, him and Blank are together on a lot of decisions that happen that trickle down throughout this franchise. They are not totally hands-off owners. And he said earlier, I think this was a couple of weeks ago, quote, there's no timetable. He said when uh, explaining to 
how they're going to go about this head coaching process. The only timetable is to do it correctly, take our time, and be thoughtful. Back when they hired Arthur Smith in 2021, they interviewed seven candidates. And and the Falcons and how they went about that hiring process, uh, the different types of coaches that they went out and they interviewed coming from you know different backgrounds and different areas of expertise, the time that they took to le- finally land on Arthur Smith, that was seen as one of the more thorough processes in the NFL. And I believe Roger Goodell himself kind of came out and talked about how the Falcons head coaching process was one that should be praised and looked at as an example of just how thorough they and thoughtful they were. And it feels like that has always been the Falcons mantra. Even when Thomas Dimitrov was the, was their general manager, everything seemed to have a purpose with Atlanta. And I think that that is the theme that I wanted to talk about at the beginning of this podcast and moving forward is that they are going to be intentional about what they do. And the reason why I say that is because there was a quote by Rich McKay himself, again, the CEO of the Atlanta Falcons, who said, Their mission is to, quote, win sooner rather than later. And that'll get into our head coach discussion, which I want to open up to you. You know, we can talk about Arthur Smith at this time as well. It truly feels as though they want to hit the ground running. Although the Bucs did win this division, although they did win their wildcard playoff game, I think the Falcons believe that this this division, the NFC South, can be theirs for the taking next year. And that's why Arthur Smith got fired, and I think that will heavily go into who they end up picking as their head coach. I think so, too. I mean, I, you look at this team, right, and it feels like there there's two sides to the seesaw here. There's the side that they've spent a lot of money and had a lot of early-round picks that this roster in theory is ready to win in a division that is not a powerhouse at all. And then you look at it. I mean, even the team that just won the division, the bucks, I'm assuming Baker is going to be back next year, but it's not like yes. you look at the bucks and you're like, ah, oh, man, we got to get through, you know, Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes every year right now. So then the other side of it is they have massive question marks at, two key areas in quarterback and head coach, of course. Mm. And I just, it's kind of ironic to me. We're doing a fix your franchise for the man's franchise that founded home Depot co-founded home Depot, (laughs) Arthur blank. It's it's true. It's true. That's how he got all this money. He should be able to fix it himself. Right. Just we're going to, we're going to home Depot to fix the team that you bought with home Depot. Uh, Yeah. And we need to put a lot in the cart. So, right. It's with Arthur Smith. The thought was obviously build this modern offense. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been building this offensive line. They drafted a lot of players that are truly unique mismatch players, right? You look at Kyle Pitts, that's the obvious one. But even when you look at Drake London, he was kind of a unique prospect at wide receiver that he can win even when he's not open. And then you look at B. John Robinson who at the end of the year we saw this, the whole thought with Bijan was he's a gifted runner, but he's a game-changing pass catcher, pass catching threat. And while they got all the right ingredients there, it felt like they never fully unlocked all of them. It was never humming all at once. You'd have the mm-hmm. trick London had 100 yards this week. We've been waiting for this. Kyle Pitts finally caught a touchdown. Right. Bijan finally got a carry inside the goal, like at, inside the five. But it was never, oh man, the defense is trying to take away this, and now it's opening up this for this player. That balance was never there. So yeah. now I, I look at this, Trevor, and wonder, do they say, we actually do have the right ingredients. We just need a coach that is going to unlock them and also understand that what we've been doing at quarterback is simply not good enough. Or do we just go that CEO route and we could get a guy that might Oversee, might be thought of as a defensive guy, but is the CEO of the team and will be able to hire that offensive coordinator to work under him and figure out all of these things. I, I find their coaching search fascinating. At the end of the day, what I land on with this coaching search is that Arthur Blank is 81 years old, man. He is going to turn 82 very early next season. I think you would think patience right now in this situation is not necessarily where it lies. I don't think this is the franchise that, and honestly, I think these guys are going elsewhere anyway, that go, you know what, let's, 
let's build it with Bobby Slowick. Let's build it with Ben Johnson. Mm-hmm. Let's go build it with a court. Let's go get Mike McDonald, right? I look at this franchise that goes, especially the GMs in place, right? There's got to be some, uh, you know, in sync here between the GM and Arthur Blank that we like what we're doing with this roster, mm-hmm. but we need more from the head coach as we think we're going to get the quarterback spot right. I agree with you. I think that this team believes that they are in the win now window. And I think that's why you saw Arthur Smith get fired at what was it like 1201, like 160 seconds yeah. into Black Monday. They, they got rid done. of Arthur Smith. And it's because over the last three years, okay, Arthur Smith, he was hired in 2021, seven and 10 in each of the last three seasons. So did not get better. They've been picking number eight overall for the past three years, but what almost really again what'd you say almost did it again oh no they're eighth they are eighth i was just thinking i'm like i think they're ninth no they're eighth third year in a row that they are picking eighth dude this is insane i i cannot wait for them to take brock bowers it's gonna be awesome so i think the problem with jeez so the problem with i almost let that just get totally (laughs) over my i thought you were just sick of it you're like (laughs) this joke sucks move on <laughs> Let me guess, Jatavian Sanders in the second corner. Oh God, get new material. Oh man. So and then the they'll take Michael Pratt on day three, and they'll have it all figured out as tight end. Yeah. Um. No, shout out to Michael Pratt. Uh, didn't mean to. Didn't mean for him to catch a straight. He does not deserve this. I think the biggest problem with Arthur Smith and and Arthur Blank, I think, said as much. It was the inconsistencies you mentioned. It wasn't. It's. It's not like Drake London didn't have games that you could point to that were like, oh yeah, this guy went off. Same with Kyle Pitts. Same with Bijan Robinson. There were performances, and I think you could flip it over to the defensive side as well. There were times when the Falcons' defense, albeit a veteran unit, was able to play really well. Uh, the problem is that it was never able to come together at the same time. The Falcons never won more than two games in a row under Arthur Smith in three years. They never won more than two games in a row. There was no like winning streak to go on. It was always just up and down for this team. And that's how you get to that seven and 10 consistency record. But that's consistency. It's consistently being inconsistent. They were two and six this year against opponents who finished with a sub 500 record. That's also a glaring. You are not taking care of business the way that you need to. When you are two and six against teams below 500, it's not good. Ultimately, I think that you are correct in initially what you said about Arthur Smith. He was brought in to be this offensive innovator. Look at what he was doing with the Tennessee Titans to hopefully get them a new quarterback and to ascend whatever quarterback it was going to be. And we're going to get to quarterbacks in a second, folks. But Arthur Smith's EPA per play as the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans in 2019 and 2020 combined was a 0.129, so a positive EPA per play. In his three seasons with the Falcons, it was a negative 0.057, and his worst EPA per play was this past year in 2023. So not only was it not even as good as it was with the Titans, it was worse and getting worse. It was not getting better. And and I think a lot of those things were arrows pointing in the wrong direction. It's why you move on from Arthur Smith. So their head coach options, we can have this conversation here. This is the list of head coaches that they have either requested to interview or have already interviewed. The ones that they have already completed interviews on. Bill Belichick, which we have read was on Arthur Blank's yacht. Not so sure these other guys were able to do theirs on different uh, interviews. Arthur Blank's yacht. Very like Wolf of Wall Street. (laughs) Rather than like, you got to go to the facility and when you're done, you can go down to the cafeteria and we'll you get some chicken. Like Bill Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick's telling him how he's going to get Tom Brady to come out of retirement. They're going to win a Super Bowl. And, and, uh, and Arthur Blank's just like, can you say that again? Yeah. Just (laughs) the way you said it. Right. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so Bill Belichick, obviously a, uh, a a candidate that has been interviewed already. Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's been completed. Jiro Evero, the defense coordinator for the Panthers. Steve Wilkes, the 49ers defensive coordinator. Uh, Anthony Weaver, who is the Ravens defensive line coach, as well as Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator. They also have requests in for Aaron Glenn, the Lions DC, Raheem Morris, the Rams DC, Ben Johnson, the Lions OC, and then Antonio Pierce, who is the Raiders interim head coach right now. So in that list, given what we think the Falcons are going to do and where we think ownership believes they are, this is an easy 
you give Bill Belichick the bag. I, there's there's no other head coach on that entire list that would give you the pedigree and the peace of mind that they're going to be able to come in here and know exactly what they are doing from day one. All these other coaches could be great. Right. But you have to put the word could in there. With Bill Belichick, you were like, if you were Arthur Blank, you mentioned he's 81, he's about to be 82. When you hire Bill Belichick, you're not hiring, hiring him thinking that he's about to, he's got to learn the ropes. You know, oh, we're going to go draft the rookie quarterback and, you know, he's just going to learn the ropes for a few years and they're both going to come along and then the offense is going to be humming in two to three years. When you hire Belichick, you think you're going to hit the ground running. You think that he's going to make the most of that veteran defensive unit. Like you mentioned, a lot of the offensive pieces are already there. You just got to go get some sort of quarterback. So I know in previous fixture franchises, we've gone back and forth. We've had deep conversations about these head coach candidates, but I can't point to one of them other than maybe Steve Wilkes because he's been a head coach before. Who who, who is a legitimate candidate other than Bill Belichick for where we think the Falcons are going to go? I don't think it exists on this list. Again, other than if you think that that could be Steve Wilkes, maybe. But I don't think that Steve Wilkes is going to have, again, the same sort of uh, pursuit, courting, if you will, that Belichick's going to get from Arthur Blank. I agree. I, I feel like it's kind of obvious what's going on here. Now, it, now, if Bill chooses to go there, like that's the part we don't know. The people I've talked to when I ask about this job, they keep deferring like, ah, it feels like that feels like Belichick's spot. But the problem is we just don't know what Belichick is looking for necessarily, right? Mm -hmm. Is he at the age where it's, man, I got to go somewhere where quarterback is figured out because I just just don't have that kind of patience or time or interest in that. Or is he just, let's be honest too, we don't know. This isn't a market where every team that needs a coach is after Bill Belichick, right? It's not. It's not. It's that. That sounds crazy to say about arguably, or a lot of people definitively say the greatest coach in in football history. But that's the reality. So the and the Falcons. There's a lot of reasons why it makes sense, as you outlined. The only other way I could spin this conversation, Trevor, because I agree with you about the candidates list, is is there somebody that hasn't been fired yet that you think would move the needle? Mike McCarthy. Nick Sirianni. The only one would have been Tomlin. And now and it's the Tom, yeah. Tomlin's safe. Right. If, I if, agree. If what about Pete Carroll? No? No, I mean, Pete, Pete moves the needle for me. I think Pete's a great head coach. Right. But, like, even even getting up there in age, like, I think Pete oh, is yeah. wonderful 72? at right? dealing with players. I think he's I, – I, I still think Pete is a really good head coach. Uh, I was very surprised that Seattle ended up making the decision that they did. Um so I would consider Pete Carroll, Pete but too. I don't think – I just don't think he's going to do it. If Tom was – if again, if Tomlin got fired by the Steelers, I think that's one that you would seriously consider. But, you know, the other ones with head coaching experience, Dan Quinn, which is funny because we can't really put him here to Atlanta. We put him to basically every other team, but we can't put right. him to Atlanta. Obviously. Um, I, if Nick Sirianni gets fired, I don't think Sirianni is a, it would be a candidate. I don't no. think – I don't think Brandon Staley is a candidate. No. Um, that would be such a tough sell. That would be such a tough sell. I just don't I don't I I keep just I can't not fall back on Belichick. The only reason I keep spinning this conversation around is what if he's not at the end of the day after these meetings. He's like, "You know what? It's not for me." Um but I think I think he's I think this I wonder is the spot. if that point I wonder at that point does Raheem Morris then get a shot? Because Raheem, when was he there? He was with the Falcons as their defense coordinator and interim head coach back in 2020. Um, wow, so actually, I didn't realize he was there that long. He was the assistant head coach and pass game coordinator from 2015 to 2019. He was also the wide receivers coach for a little bit in between there. And then he moved over as defense coordinator and still remained as the interim head coach. So a lot of those titles of him being like assistant head coach, interim head coach were under Dan Quinn because then he left in, in, in 2020 when the team moved on and then hired Arthur Smith. But still he's been in the building before Arthur blank knows him well. And maybe the fact that blank didn't hire him in 2021 is a sign that like he didn't believe in him. 
But Morris has done well for himself since then. He's done really yeah. well for himself over the last three years. So maybe it is a different conversation. That's the only other one amongst that name, the, the names that were listed that I feel they would be able to fall back on. And he's uh, so uh, well-liked everywhere. Right, right. Either him or Wilkes. Him or Wilkes are the two that they have interviewed that if you, if you swing and you miss on Belichick, I think it's probably going to be one of those two. So obviously you and I align. We think it's going to be Belichick. Yes. Yeah. I and the good that. thing is, whether it is or isn't, the needs of this team does not change at all. No. And okay, so now would be a good time to transition that into the quarterback conversation and the Terry Fawn now, their general manager conversation. But before we get to that, if you got a family and you're listening out there, you need to get them life insurance to protect them. All right. It's one of the smartest financial decisions that you can make. And it starting the new year, it's the perfect time to do so. You can focus on whatever else the year is going to throw at you. You won't have to worry about uh, about financial decisions for your family. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policies in less than 10 minutes, folks. Fabric's got flexible policies that will fit your family's budget with quality policies like $1 million in coverage for less than a dollar a day. You can get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply whenever it is convenient for you all online into your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. You can join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family and apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash stock exchange. That's meetfabric, M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash stock exchange. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. So whoever is going to be the head coach of this team, they're going to have to deal with Terry Fontenot. You know, even if it is Bill Belichick. When you say it like that. God. I mean, I guess I didn't really mean for it to be a shot like that. What I was really saying is Belichick for a long time has been a, uh, you know, one man wolf pack, if you will. Yes. Whatever he says goes. And that's just not going to be the way things are done in Atlanta, even if he goes to Atlanta. So we'll have to work with uh, with general manager Terry Fontenot, who's been the Falcons general manager since 2021. Um, came in right before Arthur Smith did, but they came in the same year. You know, the biggest question mark with Fawn now, who I like a lot of the draft picks that they have made. I like a lot of the decisions because when he came on in 2021 and especially 2022, you're yeah, coming off of that Matt Ryan contract and we'll get to the Matt Ryan situation in a second, but you're just, they had so much dead cap that they were working with. I think both in 2021, certainly 2022 as well. This year, 2023, was like the first year that they actually got all that dead money off the books. And they were able to go get a lot of their guys, and they signed a lot of big-name free agents. And I think they made nice additions to the team. So I don't hate what he has done from a roster-building perspective overall. I think he has built this roster in a healthy way. The issue is this team has had a handful of chances to fix their quarterback position. And they have not been able to do it since Fontenot has been in charge as their general manager. Okay. They had Matt Ryan through the 2021 season, but then, and so it, it, during that draft, they went with Kyle Pitts at number four, instead of drafting, say a Justin Fields, Justin Fields ended up going eight. Mac Jones went a little bit later, but Justin Fields is kind of the one that stands out to you because even the way that Matt Ryan's situation ended in Atlanta, Matt Ryan was getting up there in age. So if they would have been able to draft Justin Fields, let him sit behind Matt Ryan, I felt like that could have been a perfect situation. We talked about that pre-draft as a situation for them. They don't. They end up passing. They go with the skilled player over the quarterback. Matt Ryan plays in that 2021 year. 2022 offseason comes around. They start meddling for Deshaun Watson. And the Deshaun Watson stuff comes up. And then all of a sudden, like Falcons were very quiet about it. And then it became very public. Okay, Deshaun's basically going to the Atlanta Falcons. And then it falls flat on their face. Cleveland offers Deshaun a fully guaranteed contract. He picks the Cleveland Browns. They get a massive haul of picks back. The Texans do. And the Falcons are basically called with their pants down. So... Now they had to trade Matt Ryan. They traded Matt Ryan days after because they were already shopping him and they were already giving him permission to like, you know, seek spots with other teams, things like that. So now all of a sudden you don't have Deshaun Watson and you don't have Matt Ryan. So they really fumbled that situation. They end up signing Marcus Mariota and he's fine for a little bit, but then we know how that worked out. Later the year in that draft, they drafted Desmond Ritter in the third round. So they weren't very aggressive for a quarterback, although that was a tough class to be aggressive with. Right. And then this past year, 
2023 offseason, they, along with everybody else in the NFL, had the opportunity to potentially negotiate with Lamar Jackson. Now, it is to be seen. Well, I guess it's not to be seen. We'll never know whether or not the Ravens would have just matched whatever offer another team would have given to Lamar Jackson because they would have been able to do that by tagging him the way that they did. But nobody even offered. And the Falcons were the very clear and obvious candidate. They had cap space for the first time ever. They had like $60 million in free cap space. They could have absolutely gone after Lamar Jackson. And look, I got to call them out here, right? With all due respect to Arthur Blank and to Rich McKay, they said a few weeks ago in a postseason press conference, they were asked about the Lamar Jackson situation and not going for him. And they said, quote, it's easy to say, yes, it was a mistake given the year that Jackson has had. He's obviously an incredible player. But the year? Did... Brother, don't get me started. How can we see this coming? Don't do not get me started. <laughs> what? We're not, even, we're not even to the best part of the quote yet. <laughs> oh, God. He's obviously an incredible player, but we did not have the cap space. Uh, hold on. I'll get to that in a second. I think the coaching staff felt, you know, coaching personnel, all of us felt collectively, but certainly Coach Arthur Smith and Terry, that we had an answer in Desmond Ritter. Oh, no. After four games at the end of the season, you let four games at the end of the season. You're trying to tell me that those four games kept you from trading for Lamar Jackson. And then they say at the end of the quote, this is Arthur Blank, a younger player without that kind of contract that would have kept us from actually building the team we wanted to build. Fellas. Oh, no. Again, with all due respect. And I kind of think they needed to just get up there and say what they needed to say because I think they entirely colluded against Lamar Jackson, but that's a bigger topic. So they're kind of just saying quotes here, but I'm going to poke hole in the quotes. One year prior, when you had much less cap space, you had like 50, 60 dead cap, million dollars in dead cap the year before. You were about to get, you were about to trade for Deshaun Watson for a bigger contract and for more draft picks. Y'all understand what Deshaun Watson ended up going for? The Deshaun Watson contract or the Deshaun Watson trade was like three first round picks. Cleveland gave back three first round picks to the Houston Texans just to then sign Deshaun to a fully guaranteed deal. To sign Lamar Jackson, they're going to say, oh, you know, we would have had to trade draft picks and sign him. You would have had to trade less first round picks to go get Lamar Jackson, and you would have had to pay him less than what you were already down to do a year prior with Deshaun. I just had to call it out because when That's I read that brutal. quote, I was that was wild to me. This that team has had brutal. has has been in a quarterback carousel hell, if you will, for the last two seasons. You had a guy on a silver platter who was right there who would have been perfect for your team, perfect for the Falcons. They had the money to do it, they had the draft picks to do it, and their team was where it needed to be. Sure, yes, they would not have been able to spend as much probably on the defensive players and free agency, but you're signing Lamar Jackson to a flexible deal anyways. Look at well, look at his deal with the Ravens. It's it, it's backloaded. You figure he's going to be with your team for a long time. So you play out the first half of the deal and then you restructure it. You do what all the other teams are doing. This one got me heated when I read that. Sorry, it's, had it's, to go off. Had to go off. Oh, it's no good. That's for sure. I... Yeah, I mean, you you summed it up. There's not much left to say. It's one of those that, and they're not the only ones, you know, here that it's just unexplainable. Not great quotes on it. Now, quotes at the end of the day, these get up there and say things. I mean, nobody really. Ah, that's a tough one. There's not a lot of ways around it, honestly. There's just it's just really, really it's a big miss. It's and it's. Okay, so what there is to say about it is that's a bad process, right? You don't, in this league, in my opinion, you don't draft guys where they took Ritter, which was in the third round. But to be fair, it was pick, okay, pick 74. And say, like, we're going to bet it all on this guy? That feels really bold. It That doesn't work very often. I don't know. It's a missed opportunity. Obviously, they know that the fans know that. And and I think the point is why we're harping on it so much is they can't do that this offseason. 
with the opportunities in front of them. I, is that a, a time to segue to the quarterback conversation, Trevor, of what their options actually are? Yeah, no, I because, I, I, I would love to do that. You want to talk? You want to talk right. like potential free agent options? Because we'll talk draft options when when we kind of start get, doing the mock. But we could do pro market and then look at obviously Either one. If, the if draft market because both are fascinating. If, yeah. Okay. So I'll just open it up to you. Quarterback situation for Atlanta. You tell me which options you might like that might be available, either in the pro market or the draft. So in the pro market, the obvious, and I know a lot of their fans are behind this, and rightly so. I love the idea of getting Justin Fields on this team because there's a couple of reasons. One, it kind of goes back to their quote, right? They Apparently, one of the things they were concerned about with an endless pursuit of Lamar was that if they got him, it was going to take emptying out all their resources and which is it's a that's bad thought process but that was their thought or at least they say if you go after fields who to be fair is not lamar jackson and not a lot of nobody really is you don't have to do that this doesn't cost the eighth overall pick i want to make that very clear the bears are not getting a top 10 pick for justin fields yeah yeah so that means if to me it to me if justin fields was worth a top 10 pick Chicago is not trading him. Right, exactly. Exactly. If he's if he is worth a top 10 pick to even some team out there, I think that he he would be considered good enough to where you just keep him. I completely agree. So when you sum all that up, he's a nice option for them because he made big strides this year. We think the coaching will be better in Atlanta. There's weapons there, there's a line there. Mm-hmm. So that's great for him. And it's an effective option that once again doesn't spoil your resources. Where at eight, you can get a really good player. You could trade out, maybe, maybe, and get more resources. There's just there, you look at that because the other option to me, and I know we want to spend more time on the pro market and we'll go back to it in a second, is that you're going to have to move up from eight. Right. It, there's just not right. a world to me that at eight, one of Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels is sitting there. And I like Michael Penix as much as literally anybody I think that covers the draft. But I don't know if Atlanta, if you just sit there at eight and you're like, we're going to take Penix. I don't know if that's the needle mover for where they are right now. I'm intrigued. What intrigues me with this offense, honestly, is somebody that can run because I think it makes their offense so multiple in how they can attack you because I think they're going to be able to turn the turn around and hand the ball to B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier with their offensive line. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be able to work the pass game with London and Pitts, and there'll be more additions there. If you add in a quarterback that has the threat of the run, it just enhances all of those things I just went over. I think they're mm -hmm. a team that, and if you're, Hiring, say, Belichick, and you have a lot of faith that this defense is going to be very, very capable. I don't know if you're a team that needs to be dropping back 45 times a game, right? That's not what you're asking Justin Fields to do mm -hmm. or Jaden Daniels to do. But that element doesn't necessarily exist with the next tier of quarterbacks, in my opinion. If they went with Penix, Knicks, McCarthy, I don't see that element with those guys for this offense. I certainly, you and I have talked about the Justin Fields um, idea for Atlanta. I like it if, um, I almost like it if it's not Belichick, right? Like, I, I, I okay. like the Justin Fields idea if you're hiring Bobby Slowick or Ben Johnson or Brian Callahan or somebody like that. Because, you know, if, if you're hiring Belichick with the idea that you're immediately going to turn it around, Fields is fully capable of doing that. Yeah. But do like, is that a for sure? I don't know. And then all of a sudden you're trading, you know, a couple of day three capital pieces for Fields, which the Falcons can do because there's some draft pick flexibility that we'll talk about here when we get to the mock draft. But I like the Fields idea. I do. I I, I just like there's a little bit of there's a little bit more of a pros and cons to it, I think, than just yeah, home run, do it, make that happen. I I, I agree. I don't think it's the slam dunk of the of the entire, you know, big the, picture. The two other ones that I'll throw out there for the pro market, you know, Kirk Cousins is one where, okay, if you put Kirk in this offense, it probably does pretty well. 
Like Kirk knows how to distribute the ball for as much as people want to look at Kirk and be like, you know, he can't win a Super Bowl. I mean, like he's very good. Yeah. Kirk Kirk put up numbers. Kirk put up numbers in this, in, in the system. I've also talked about this previously on this show and other shows. I think Geno Smith, now that Pete Carroll is out and now that Shane Waldron could potentially be out as well to go get a coach gig somewhere else or an offensive coordinator gig somewhere else. Smith might be a little flexible here because now these next two years of his contract, very high on the cap. He's above 30 million in both of those years. You might be able to call them up and say, Hey, we'll give you a day two pick, you know, like whatever the extra Jags pick ends up being a third round or second round or whatever. We'll give it to you for Gino. We'll get him off of your books. And then the Falcons are probably restructuring Gino's contract, probably adding maybe a third or fourth year to it, which you can. I mean, he's not that old yet. So no, kind of move the money around a little bit. And then it can make sense where you could Gino again on this team, I think playoff offense. Right. So I like Gino there. If you're hiring uh, Bill Belichick, I think that you're exploring that option as well. When you look at free agency for this team, now this is an effective cap space, which I think some people on the Bears episode got on us about this because if you go look at certain like other sites and you just type in like Bears cap space, it'll it'll sometimes just give you like the raw cap space and the Bears raw cap space is a lot higher. But that's also because they don't have as many players under contract right now. So if you go to over the cap, their category of effective cap space is basically a projection of what it would be like if you got to 51 players on your roster plus signed whatever your rookie contract would yep. be given the given the um, draft picks that you have because both of those things need to happen. You need to do both of those things. So it's it's a little disingenuous looking at raw cap space numbers, knowing that you have to spend that money. It's not like, oh, I can spend this on Chris Jones and Brian Burns and Jalen Johnson and boom, like there's like, 60 million. Okay, we're good to go. No, you have to fill out the rest of your roster. So that's why the Bears number that we went with in that show is a little bit lower. And the one that will go off of this show, the effective cap space for the Falcons is around $15 million. They have some players that they can cut. Taylor Heineke cutting him saves you $7 million. Johnny Smith cutting him saves you $6.5 million. If you wanted to be more savage about it and you wanted to cut Grady Jarrett, he's getting up there in age, although he's still playing okay. You save twelve million if you end up doing that. So that's potentially what is that there? Like another 26, 27 million on top of that. So that gets you into the thirties. That gets you a lot more free agent flexibility. That could go get you a Kirk Cousins. That could be more flexible for a Geno Smith. So you there's can always do, money. You can do all of those things if you want to if you're Atlanta. But to me, those are the options. I think that it's a Fields trade. You're signing Cousins, or you're going to trade for Geno Smith because. I don't think Baker Mayfield's getting out of Tampa. I think he likes no. it there a lot. Um, I think the Bucks are prepared to give him a contract that he's very happy with. So I don't think that he's getting out of there. Jacoby Brissett and Garner Minshew, who are also unrestricted free agents, they don't really move the needle for me. Um, so, yeah, that, those are those are my kind of pro quarterback options um, before we end up talking about some draft options for him. No, I think it makes a ton of sense. Cousins, I mean, they they – there are options for this team, I think, is the overall point that. Now, I'll say this, too. I, I like something you said there. Don't go into next year and be like, hey, we got Gardner Minshew or Jacoby Brissett. And like this is, you know, maybe we'll draft someone, but we don't know if if they can't going, afford to do that. If they're going into. Well, I, I don't think that they would do that anyways, because even if you go into the draft thinking we're going to be hella aggressive to go up and get a quarterback. Right. You're not going to sign one of those guys. You're just going to keep Ritter, right? Ritter's already on the roster. You don't need to, you don't need to spend any more money. He's already on the rookie contract. So, I almost don't even think that's an option. Right, I think so too. All right, so draft stuff, draft stuff, because this is where it can get really fun. Yes, and there's a lot of flexibility here. Before we get into it, got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Easily the most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more, you pick less. It is that easy. Instead of battling thousands of players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more or less on anything between two to six players. Their stat projections, and you watch the winnings roll in. Our producer, Eli. Oh, he was so close. He was so close last week, Connor. The only part of a five-player bet that he missed was jake elliott's over or more than one and a half field goals he had one and if you remember 
he made a second one, but the Bucks were off sides. And then the Eagles ended up going for it on fourth down. Oh, God. Brutal. But our guy was so close to getting a two times multiplier on his bet. And, it, you know, if you end up hitting one of those things with a multiplier, I mean, that's that is oh, yeah. where the fun really happens with uh, with, with prize picks. Uh, go to prizepicks.com backslash NFLSC. Use the promo code NFLSC for a first deposit match up to $100. It's prizepicks.com NFLSC. You're picking two to six players. You're going to say more or less than their stat projections. And, uh, and then you're going home a winner. Use the promo code NFLSC. You'll get that first deposit match up to $100. You pick more, you pick less. It is that easy, folks. All right, let's uh, let's fire it up here. Well, before we get to uh, before we bring in the mock draft simulator, roster needs. Let me know if there was anything glaring that I, that I missed. Quarterback is the obvious, the desperate one. I think edge rusher pretty huge for them. I looked it up this past year, yeah. this past year, they ranked 23rd and 24th in total pressures and pass rush win rate from just their edge rushers. So not good. Got to get a lot better at that area. Interior defensive line, you get Calais Campbell, you got Grady Jarrett, but they're, they're up there in age wide receiver, specifically a speed option next to, I think they need number two. Yeah. And they definitely need a number two, ideally somebody who can get a little vertical for you, but you know, right. um, and then probably another strong safety, unless you like DeMarco Helms a lot, who's playing next to Jesse Bates. But if you do, I think that that's lower on the list, but yeah, I don't know. Those are, those were the ones that kind of came to my mind with this team. Is that how you see it as well? Yeah. How about this though, with the Falcons that I want to highlight, it's so rare to look at a team that needs fixing and say, you know what I am confident about? They're five starting offensive linemen. Yeah, man. It's nuts. When you look at, so Bergeron and Lidstrom and Jake Matthews all played over 1,000 snaps this year. Love Drew Dahlman, their center, played over 900. And then Caleb McGarry, their right tackle, played over 800. So Storm Norton had to fill in a tackle a little bit. But those five guys, they not only played, they played at a, a good level. I mean, there, there's not a, a spot on this line where I'm like, damn, at eight, they really got to take, you know, Olu Fashanu. Or I, I think that's just rare for teams picking in the top 10 to sit there and go, no way. No way do they need to use a resource on offensive line. And that gives me, as I do this, I'm like, man, Bill Belichick should kind of like this job. Honestly, considering agree, what's, in front of him, what's in front of him. Um, so also we have to keep in mind with Belichick because there's been a lot of Dallas talk. The owner dynamic with him is so important here. Mm -hmm. And Arthur Blank is one of those guys that I feel like he's involved. You said it at the top, but it's not aggressive to the point where I think the football people are turned off. Right. Where sure. like you go to Dallas for better or for worse, and they've done a lot of great things. Jerry and the Jones family, I mean, there's fingerprints everywhere, which is their right. They own the team. Will McClay obviously does a heavy hand of the draft and the scouting, all of that. Mm -hmm. But if you're the head coach going there, like you are like the Jones Joneses are every bit there every day in the football operation. Yeah. I think Belichick needs to go somewhere that he whether they have a GM or not, the GM thing is fine, but he is a lot of the football operation. Yeah, and that's why I, yeah, I, it's it's got to be a cohesive unit. I don't think Atlanta. he will. I don't think he will get that same situation that he had in New England. It's There's not going no, to be can't. You can't. full control. So he's he's going to have to work with somebody no matter what. Whether it's working with Arthur Blank and Terry Fontenot in Atlanta or working with Jerry Jones and in in Dallas, I think he's got to work with somebody no matter what. But let's go into this draft. Let's pull up the PFF mock draft simulator right now. Let's go into this draft thinking that Bill Belichick's the head coach. Okay. I think that that's what we should do here. I think that's most yeah. realistic. That's also how I would go about, I think, fixing this team. The division, yes, I think is, is, is winnable for them if they do some things right, if they get quarterback fixed. And I think we could run through a couple of scenarios where, all right, this is what would they would do if they don't have a quarterback. This is what they do. That This is what they would do in the draft if they do. I will say uh, for everybody out there, if you are watching or listening to this podcast and you don't have a PFF subscription, so you don't have the fully unlocked mock draft simulator, you can use promo code 30MDS right now over pff.com. You get 30% off an annual subscription, which gives you the fully unlocked simulator, all seven rounds, the trades, all the good stuff. So just wanted to say, if you don't have a PFF subscription, now's a pretty good time to do it. You can save 30% on a year of subscription using 30MDS as the promo code there. So, all right. 
to open it up. We're on the clock with the Atlanta Falcons. They're picking eight. I will say that I think this team could get pretty aggressive here. I think they could be a pre-draft aggressive. Right. I And yeah. I, I definitely agree with you there because when you look back at the Atlanta Falcons, they have made two massive draft trades that have both paid off for them in the biggest ways. Now, one of them was in 2001, which was the year before Arthur Blank won the team. Or, or sorry, bought the team. But he saw what getting Michael Vick for this team did in those five years that Michael Vick was still there from 2002 to 2007. Arthur Blank saw what Michael Vick could do for this team. And the Falcons traded number five overall. This is back in 2001. Number five overall a and, and a second and third rounder that season and then a second rounder in 2022 uh, plus wide receiver Tim Dwight to San Diego for that number one overall pick. And then the other selection is one that Arthur Blank was involved in. And that was when the Falcons traded up at the Browns to go select Julio Jones. They ended up giving a first, a second, and a fourth in, 2020, er, in 2011, and then a first and a fourth in 2012 uh, to go all the way up to pick six to uh, to go get Julio Jones. So those are two massive trades dealing with a ton of draft value that ended up paying off for them. And I think after missing out on Deshaun Watson, after missing out on the Lamar Jackson opportunity and watching him have the, the, the year that he did with Baltimore, regardless of how much they were in it. I love just hearing that the year he had, I think they're sick of this shit. Yeah. I think they're sick of it and they're going to do whatever they can to go up and get a quarterback. I think it's probably going to be a veteran because it kind of sounds like that's that angle. But if it's not Connor, when you look at this draft before we, before we hit start on this draft, do you think, I, I don't think the Falcons could trade up to number one. Uh, no. Because that means that Carol, that means the Bears wouldn't be taking one. We think that the Bears are going to take one. I don't think the Falcons can go up to number two. Zero percent chance that pick is moved. Correct. Because pick. Washington Zero. ain't getting out of this draft without Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams. They are selling the job opening they have right now. Correct. That pick being a quarterback. So I don't know. We talk about the Falcons wanting to be aggressive. But one and right. two aren't really as available as we think they are. Well, Bill might have to call his old friends if he's but, there. And that's where it gets tricky. Because <laughs> Robert Kraft ain't why would helping Bill Belichick. And why would they move? They have, dude, the way they talked about Mac Jones this year, their quarterback is not on the roster. And then are they really going to just... Uh, is that a spot that Kirk Cousins wants to go to? They could trade for Justin Fields. But at the end of the day, it feels like... And I got sucked into this a little bit last year. And I guess at the end of the day, it was actually true. Because at the end of the day, three quarterbacks did go in the top five. But I thought I thought Levis would go earlier than he did. Yeah, I thought Levis was at least going to go like top 12. Top 12, we kept saying. Yeah, because what, the Titans picked? No, wait, who picked 12? Yeah, the Titans picked Titans picked 11th, I thought. Yeah, that's, where we, that's what we kind of thought. Right. Either way, the more times I go through these exercises, I'm like, man... It feels like three quarterbacks are locked in there almost. New New England's weird because they need Marvin Harrison Jr. I just, I don't know if the league thinks that highly of Jaden. I think they do. I think that they think highly of him. But when I say that that highly, I mean over Marvin. Right. That's, and that to me is insane. I wouldn't do it. Let me just be very front and center. So I would never take Jaden Daniels over Marvin Harrison Jr. No matter the state of my roster. Damn, it's harsh. No, it's just uh, being... It's crazy. <laughs> Damn, Connor's out here hating. Yeah, it's, it came off very hater-ish. All right, so let's By the then... way, still no, uh, no Senior Bowl news on Jaden. I don't think I don't think we're seeing him there. So we've, we've logicked our way into... You can't trade up to number one. You can't trade up to number logic. two. <laughs> Three's a long shot. Three's a long shot. If Jaden Daniels is still on the board at four, you know the Cardinals are picking up the phone. They should. You know the Cardinals, Monty Austin for what he did yeah, last year, right. how he was able to move up and back, whatever. He's only got to move down from four to eight. Marvin Harrison Jr. is already off the board. That's the ideal scenario for the Atlanta Falcons. If you are looking to get an ace quarterback in this draft, 
you want this draft to go Caleb Williams or Drake May, Caleb Williams or Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr., because then the Falcons are going to be open for business and you're going to be able to give up what you need to give up to go up and get your quarterback. That's, I think, the ideal scenario if you if you want to land an impact quarterback within the top 10. Right, that's the move. So do you want to do that? Or do you want to go with the scenario and do this mock draft operating as if they got a veteran? Well, I think we need to do it both ways. Even if it's, you know, obviously a little quick. I think there, I think there's one where oh, doing three mocks for the bears. We spoiled people. I know we, we spoiled it. people. All right. We, so, we so let let's do it out that we can't get back. <laughs> it's dangerous. Okay. So it's like when uh, you let your dog do something once and then the next day they're staring at you expecting it again. And you're like, Oh shit. All right, to get from to, to jump from eight to four, I don't know what it is with the draft value chart off the top of my head. I feel like you're giving another one somewhere. Yeah, just give next year's one, and then make that happen. Yeah, that's that's it to me. I don't I don't think we need to get too out of control. Is, this that. is going to be absolutely hilarious if it goes quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. <laughs> oh no, the Patriots have the chance to do the funniest thing. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. What do we do Oh, now? no, what the hell? Oh, you didn't do the trade? I thought I hit... Okay, so just, just let's do the one that they got the quarterback then. That's okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. All let's right, see. so in this scenario, they either signed Kirk Cousins or traded a day-two pick for Justin Fields, correct? Yes, or traded for Geno. Or tra- okay, Geno, yeah, absolutely. One, one of the play. two. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that idea from you. One of, the, one of the two. Okay, so at eight. Dallas we always take Dallas Turner, Jared, either one. I'm fine with, uh, I mean, like it's I funny like, that Jane Daniels is still on the board. Of course. I know. I know. I know. But, but let's I, just ignore I, that. You I don't, don't see it. I don't know if that's going to happen. I pretend I do not see it. We went Dallas Turner, uh, first. Let's just go Jared verse. Yeah, sure. Cause we went, we went Dallas Turner every time when we were doing it before. And that was insulting to verse. Cause I think he's right there with Dallas Turner. 100. Just very different. Okay. But, let's go with Jared verse. So the, I'm an, I'm literally an idiot. I'm the biggest moron of all time. Well, no, we could say they traded the second rounder for. Free. I'm the biggest moron of all time. The show is falling apart at the seams. All right, Jared verse at <laughs> number eight. For those who are audio only, I only selected a one round one round. So we're going Jared. The verse mock draft's here. ruined. Okay, so the interesting thing here, and and. There's not a pick. I, I guess we could, we, yeah, we can manually trade it if we want. There's a stipulation for Calvin Ridley where if the Jacksonville Jaguars re-sign Calvin Ridley, the Falcons get the Jags' second-round pick this year. Which is pretty wild. If they don't, they get their third round pick because right. I believe Calvin Ridley hit the incentives that he needed to, which were like, it was like 75 catches or over a thousand yards. He did both of those things. So whether it was one or the other or both, he did both of those things. And if those are correct, if those public numbers are correct, he hit it. So it's either a second or a third round pick. I I kind of feel like the Jags are going to resign Calvin Ridley because without Ridley, they don't, they don't have any other receivers. I don't know. What are you going to go should. in next year with Christian Kirk? No, I think, I think they're going to draft one. In the first round. Okay, what are you going to go into next year with Christian Kirk and then some rookie? Yeah, Brian Thomas Jr. is awesome. All right, so uh, fine, <laughs> whatever. Whatever. He's furious. I'm, I'm furious because Trevor Lawrence is just going to get wasted. All right, so we'll go. Then yeah. that means that Ridley is not getting signed, so we'll go pick 79, and I don't care. Yeah, seventh rounder. Forces trade. <laughs> just over it now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... All right, so we, now we have that extra third round pick. Yeah. So we took so we took Jared verse for them at eight eight, and we have a veteran quarterback on the roster, which is good. Do we want to say Fields? Because if we say Fields, then we have to give up this pick. No, let's not. Because I want to do this exercise where we get to use this pick. Okay. I, I think they need a wide receiver here. I think so too. But which one? Our options are not bad. Yeah, they're not. They're really not. I mean, I I, w- I think Mitchell and Leggett both fit. Those guys can run. Dude, I would love Xavier Leggett. 
Right. I think he's just a rocked up yak machine. They have two monster receivers. And Kyle Pitts and Pitts. Can who are our, who are our, yeah we could do this who what were you gonna ask i was just curious who was down the board a little bit i saw jermaine burton there were chris the, jenkins would be good for this team chris jenkins would be good for this team that's that's eating your vegetables oh man you know i love polk so much i'm not i'm not i'm not drafting polk over worthy though or uh or Leggett. okay rob moore went back i gotta update this he so did yeah and Donovan Edwards. Yeah, and Donnie Edwards also. The running back class is just it's all gone. Sion Vaki. Okay. I I Oh, we, we gotta pick him in the third round. I was gonna say you don't have you watched him, him yet? We're, all right, I, we're so, I've seen that. a little bit of him play both. Brother, ways. he's out of his mind. I know. He's he is every bit just football guy. Is he here? I think he got drafted. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Damn, he went he went like four or of five picks earlier did. to the Chargers. Um. Okay, so I like a Roro as an interior defensive lineman. They need interior defensive line. Oh, I like Dwayne Carter. Have you watched him? I have not seen him. He's going to the Senior Bowl. Okay, and right, we'll see he's soon. a really nice, like six foot three, three hundred five pound, like your classic pass rushing three technique. Oh, little Kobe Turner in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, cool. I, I would, I would actually love Carter here for this team. Let's do it. Because Jarrett's not going to be there for a long time, you know, whether he gets cut this year or not. So, okay, we're going to Wayne Carter. And then last pick, which is this Jags pick. Do they do they need somebody that could play the slot? Uh, Or no. I know they got really beat up at corner this year. I remember Clark Phillips had to Scotty play. Miller, but he's a f- oh, you're saying slot corner? Or they have Mike Hughes receiver? there. Terrell's obviously great. They're actually they have some depth at corner, even though they, they had have, injuries there. They kind of need an off-ball linebacker, a little bit. Well, uh, Nate Landman, Nate Landman no, was good for them this year. I think he was good for them this year. I think Landman and Ellis are going to be their off-ball dudes. Okay, I think Akuda could be gone. I could um, honestly talk myself into t- no because they have Ebikati and Malone there, who they're still developing. What another edge rusher? Yeah, but I think I. Oh man, they're a, we're a weird team. Uh, if you this wanted to go slot corner, I'd go Tyke Smith. That's who I was looking at. When you scrolled by him, I, that's why yeah. it came up in my head. Man, Colson's still there. Colson is good, man. Yeah, Colson. He's, he's Coulson's, really good. I'm bringing I'm bringing him up. Yeah. Um. Uh, maybe now. I guess Tyke Smith. Probably I would think that's stuff. where I was kind of leaning when you first opened up this list all right let's go take you smith all right so for the you traded for a veteran quarterback route we got uh not justin Fields, so either kirk cousins or geno smith i don't don't care pick one or you say with fields but take out one of the day two picks probably Uh, look get pick yeah but i like both of them so i don't want to do that i know I know. Jared versus Xavier Leggett, Dwayne Carter, Tyke Smith. That draft is sick. Yeah. PFF gave it a B. Piss off. You you're grading yourself. I know. I know. I can say that, folks, because it's me. Um, All right. So that's that's what it would look like. God, I love that. I love that all. Versus Leggett, Carter, Tyke Smith. Well, they're a fun team because you're not chasing so many needs. So we got really good players at those spots. All right. So for this one, we're going to trade up with the Cardinals. Uh, please, Patriots, don't do it. Please don't do it. They oh, didn't wow. do it. Patriots picked Romo Dunze over Marvin Harrison Jr. <sighs> okay. So we're going to pretend that that didn't that happen. Didn't happen. We, don't, we don't think that that happens. Um, and we're we'll going Jaden Daniels. We'll here. go Jaden Daniels here. Okay. For the okay. quarterback spot. All right, so we're going Jaden four. Uh, we we do have to give them the Jags pick. So we'll do the second rounder this time to say that because we did the third rounder the other time. We showed the Jags not signing him. Oh, okay, now sure. I see what you're go, saying. Now we can go the other way. Okay, I see what you're saying. Just to show both scenarios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Scenarios. <laughs> All right, so 43. 
could use Jonah Ellis. God, Jonah Ellis. Yeah, I like. I I, I, don't I think really, you take Jonah Ellis. I don't think I have to look anywhere else. No. Yeah, he's just a technician of a pass rusher. He was awesome this past year for for Utah. And wait, does his brother play on the Falcons? Is that where he is now? Yes, Caden Ellis is their other inside. Oh, Caden Ellis. Caden Ellis is there. I was thinking of the three hundred sixty pound Ellis. Noah, not he's, Noah. Um, yeah, Noah. Noah. I think he's been hanging around the Eagles practice squad for a while. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah Noah Ellis. Three. For as much as I think that Chop Robinson is kind of limited. Dude, he's just he's just not going to be there, Trevor. I know you don't like him, but he's not going to be there at forty eight. Yeah, but he should. He's going to test like an alien. I know. And he's 20. So we can't even drink. Right. It doesn't look like it either. <laughs> Dude's literally just made of pure protein. Fine. You can't do it. Adiza Isaac's here. That you could do. I like him. Um, he's I mean, a really steady edge rusher, though. I do I do like Adiza Isaac. I'd be still okay. Still need with receiver help. Oh, yeah, they do. Right. Like badly. Oh, your boy's here. Your boy Polk is here. Who's, Let's do that then. Yeah, we'll Jalen Polk. Nice. I, this is this is my draft right here. All right, cool. Guess I'm not here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you get this pick. Uh, seventy-four. Wow, thank you. I appreciate it. Seventy-four for the Falcons. We haven't gone interior defensive line or. No, we did. Yeah, we went Joe Nellis. Right, 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 right. I think I'm taking a row a row here. Okay. I mean, they, they could use some depth on the defensive line. Absolutely. They could. Clayus Campbell's still good, uh, but he's like uh, eight years Braden old. Fisk from Florida State, yeah, too. He, he had a really good year of tape. <sighs> he ended the year really strong. I think I'm still going to go a row a row. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. I think he'll be at the Senior Bowl, right? I thought so. You see? Maybe I just made that up in my head. I could have he, swore he, that he, a lot. No, he had he had an accepted invite. <clears throat> my internet connection's bad, so it's just going to grade yep. my draft forever. He's, he's there, by the way. Okay, cool. Rook, Rook Aroboro. Okay, so uh, doing a little uh, wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, limousine riding, jet flying. <laughs> there it is. Jaden Daniels at number four. We traded up from number eight to number four. Got Jaden Daniels. Then we got Joan Ellis in the second round in this scenario. We also had the second round pick from the Jacksonville Jaguars because uh, Calvin Ridley resigned with them. That got us Jalen Polk, the wide receiver. And then the third round, we got Aroboro. And if you don't think that he's going to be there, Braden Fisk from Florida State, you can throw him in there as well. All right. So we have this class right here with no veteran quarterback or a veteran quarterback and Jared Verse, Xavier Leggett. And who are the other two? Man, uh, Tyke Smith, right? Tyke Smith. There was one other one. Who was the fourth pick? The Duke D line. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dwayne Carter. Dwayne Carter. Man, I like both of these. Bill Belichick's the head coach. Not bad. That's going to be just good enough to lose to Tampa yeah. yet again next year. <laughs> Let us know what you guys thought of us fixing the Atlanta Falcons here. Um, our discussion on Arthur Blank, the head coaches, Arthur Smith. Terry Fontenau, uh, what Atlanta has done in years past, the Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson situations, whether you think they have been aggressive enough and not, or not for a quarterback, uh, how they got into this situation, and then obviously like how we fixed it as well. Best way to do that, youtube.com backslash at NFL Stock Exchange. If you were listening to audio only, we still love you. You can get us up at Tampa Bay Trey, at Connor J. Rogers, on both Instagram and Twitter. That's where you can find us. Big shout out to... Everybody who watched and commented on the Chicago Bears Fix Your Franchise episode, we've had a lot of new subscribers since that one came out. We figured that that one would probably do some numbers because Bears fans are awesome. They're very passionate about the draft and have been over the last couple of years for good reason. So that episode was a ton of fun. It was a ton of fun to do. It was a ton of fun to see all the comments, go back and forth with a lot of you guys, uh, see some of your ideas for how you would fix that franchise. We would love to see the same kind of stuff with the Atlanta Falcons and every team that we do, because this is not just a draft podcast. It is a draft community. Connor, you got anything else before we get out of here? Definitely a fun one for how the different road we kind of got to go with this roster. Cause it's just simply a competitive roster. That's what it comes down to for the Falcons. It's nice when you go into the off season and your checklist is uh, kind of concise where it's like, Hey, we need a good experienced head coach mm -hmm. and we need to be really aggressive to figure out this quarterback situation that we've kind of, 
you know, tiptoed around for way too long. You, you can't waste this roster. You can't waste the young talent that's on this roster. And I think, honestly, what we did today is is a very real scenario of what's going to happen. I don't think the Atlanta Falcons are going to ignore the pro market and then sit there eight and hope. I don't think that's right. going to be a strategy for them. So yep. it'll be fun to see how aggressive they get and to see if they ultimately close uh close on landing bill belichick which would be one of the better storylines of the nfl next year you know uh from our luck that we've had here on this podcast the second i hit stop recording it'll become official and he'll become the head coach we operated that way anyway so we're saved that's just how it works that's true that's true we don't have to fully redo the episode although you sickos out there would probably love it because we just do more mock drafts out there which you can do obviously if you go to pff.com use the promo code 30 mbs get 30 percent off on uh on a pff subscription Later in the week, and by that we mean just in two days because we're sticking with a Thursday publish. We are getting back to position rankings. We hear you. We see you. We're doing cornerbacks this time. A lot of good cornerbacks to go over. A lot of big shapes and sizes, outside corners, inside corners. There's a lot of good dudes in this class. I'm only about halfway through the players that I'm going to get to and talk about on Thursday. But, man, this is a very fun one. I'm excited to get back to the positional rankings. Hope you guys are as well. I'm Trevor Sikkim, but that is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. We'll see you guys on Thursday.